right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Crypto 101 podcast. It is I, Pizza Mind here, your host, and I am joined today by Ash Gamey, the growth hacking extraordinaire at DSO, Decentralized Social Protocol. Ash, welcome to the Crypto 101 podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm a huge fan. And I'm a huge fan of what you're doing as well, making social networks open and honest and back in the hands of the people. What you've built over at DSO is so much more than just a decentralized Twitter. We'll get into that in a second. But first, let's learn who you are. Tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into the space and how you wound up being the head of marketing over there at DSO. Yeah, so um, I've been doing digital marketing forever, like 10 or 12 years. I started at the small local level for small local businesses in Denver, grinded my way up through the agency ranks. And then, you know, during that time, you don't really have a portfolio as like an SEO or content guy. So I spun up a blog for daily fantasy sports. So I could be basically try marketing tactics and see what worked. And then I could go to agencies and be like, hey, like, this works, I can do it for you, or I could get clients that way. Well, I ended up getting like a lot of organic traffic to the site. And um, I had a partner at the time too, and we monetized the website and sold projections and like premium content and stuff. So I was, it was like, it's kind of like a startup. I was moonlighting, managing that site and then working at agencies during the day. And then, you know, late 2016, early 2017 comes around and I read a book called Ethereum by Henning Diedrich. And it just like blew my mind. I was like a world computer that can't be stopped that like reinvents the financial system I'm in. So um, in typical startup drama, I, you know, got into an argument with my uh, co-founder because I wanted to quit daily fantasy sports and go all in on crypto. Anyway, I bought him out. I sold the site. I was still working at an agency at the time. And I was like, I want to do like anything possible to just focus on crypto 100%. So um, I work, I didn't work into it in it for a few years. Uh, the first time I did get to work in it was at a decent, like a Bitcoin hedge fund called Two Prime Digital Assets. I was the director of strategy there. That was about two and a half years ago. Um, and from that point, I moved on and started helping like different DAOs and NFT projects grow. Um, and then after that, that's how DSO found me as I was... Um, on Twitter, just posting about Ethereum and all this other content. And basically what happened was they found me, they, they liked, you know, my thought process and my content. And they're like, Hey, why don't you lead growth marketing here? We have a head of ecosystem growth and we have another marketing person on the team as well. So, uh, at the time it was very engineering heavy and they weren't doing a great job telling the story of their tech, like the technology of DSO, um, I mean, it's like second to none. I mean, when you really dig around in the ecosystem, but they just didn't have a big marketing team to tell the story in typical crypto fashion. And, you know, ever since I've been there, um, helping them grow. So, yeah, well, shout out to our good friends over at two prime and second, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, marketing and crypto has been a dirty word for the longest time. And those who did venture to come in and try and do marketing usually had no idea how to do anything that was actually effective or connect with the crypto audience. It's so much more than just spooling up a bunch of junk on Google AdSense. What were some of the strategies that you took from your traditional marketing background that you first tried, 
blew up in your face and what actually did you discover works? Yeah, that's a really great question. So the reason people fall flat on their face in crypto marketing is they don't really understand that like the macro cycles actually affect your marketing. And um, a lot of people outside of crypto look at speculation as like a negative in, in crypto, but it's it's not. It's just like how the cycle works. It's the nature of the volatility of the asset. And basically what happens is um, you push out content and then people start to recognize that content. Um, and then people start speculating on it. That leads to price action. Price action leads to organic um, PR and more people buying and then the price goes up and the, and the bubble pops, uh, capital equals attention. So the more capital is in the space, um, the more attention you're going to have and the more successful you're going to be at marketing. Um, and then when the bubble pops and the attention and the capital disappears, uh, permanently, then there's like actually some sharp people who stick around and they want to solve this. They're like, Whoa, this is actually pretty cool. Um, there's all this new liquidity circulating in the ecosystem, even though we're down from an all-time high. How can we build apps to basically bring uh, new people and manage this liquidity? So what happens there is like the founders and the builders build these apps, right? Um, and then the whole cycle starts all over again. So how you apply that to like traditional marketing is like right now we're in a macro bear market. So attention comes at a premium. So like what you're doing right now is like building the content funnels. So when the bull market returns that you have all this content, you have the narrative buttoned up um, to, you know, tell your story and bring new users into the ecosystem. So uh, crypto has always been very like content focused and heavy because I'm sure you know, like um, advertising was banned. You couldn't do Google AdWords. You couldn't do, you know, paid advertising. No one would work with you. And like even email is still hostile. I mean, MailChimp canceled Masari crypto as well. So um, crypto marketers have to be very organic marketing focused. And that's kind of what I brought over from digital marketing when, when I launched my site uh, back in the day. It was all organic. I didn't do any paid. Um, and it was very community focused as well. So it's like you push out content, you tell your story, you build the community around that content in your app. Um, and then, you know, that kind of like compounds and, and gets amplified over time. Yeah, that, that's a great way to summarize it. Um, and if there's any founders out there listening, there's a right tool for every job. And you are not always that right tool. Your engineers are not the right tool for every job. You need people who can connect with others and tell a story the right way. Uh, you need biz dev people who are really good at building human networks, not computer networks. Um, and if you try and throw people into the wrong slots, it's more than likely going to blow up in your face and you're not going to get the results you want. But speaking of networks, let's transition into what is DSO because it's so much more than just one app. It was originally launched as the BitCloud app which is like a decentralized Twitter, but the rabbit hole goes much, much, much deeper. Walk us down it. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought up BitClout. Um, I wasn't around, but um, during that time, like they built this very viral app. And if you want to learn about um, crypto marketing at a viral level, you should really study BitClout because it was very intelligent. And um, 
I think it represents where we were at the macro, which was mid bull market. So um, marketing was amplified during that time. However, from what I understand, talking to the founders and the people involved, they didn't build for retention, right? So um, they built this amazing viral app. They didn't have any marketing. Um, they didn't have a marketing team and they didn't build any retentive features into it. So when the bull market bubble popped, everybody pretty much disappeared. I mean, they, I think they were going from like 50,000 DAUs or something like that to, you know, very little during the bear market and, and all those users just kind of disappeared. Um, it was an excellent growth hack. It's a, a hack that basically, you know, um, Yelp uses and, and Google My Business uses. So basically they, they take the profiles of businesses that are out there and then you claim the profile. So BitCloud did the same thing with, you know, the top 15,000 users on Twitter. They're like, hey, um, if we don't, you know, get these uh, profiles um, and allow people to claim them, then scammers are going to claim them and then rip people off. So um, it's an established growth hack and it was very intelligent. So basically um, from BitCloud, what uh, formed was the DSO foundation to build decentralized social media apps and, and a layer one where people can build decentralized social media app apps on top of and essentially like what DSO is if if you can imagine for a second like what bitcoin and ethereum did for finance their blockchains designed specifically to decentralize finance um, open up finance for people get rid of uh, centralized intermediaries um, eliminate friction make it easier for the unbanked to be banked uh, make it you know faster and cheaper to transfer money. DSO is doing the same thing for social media. And what Bitcoin and Ethereum did for finance is it brought a lot of innovation and disruption into the space um, to a space that was like really stagnant and lacked innovation for a very long time. And I would argue that like Bitcoin's biggest impact is like you know, shining light on all these different things, you know, and, and changing our mindsets. And now we're more aware that there's more opportunity in the world today um, in regards to finance. So that's basically what we're trying to do with DSO. We're trying to bring innovation um, back into not only social media, but the creator economy. And um, it will be like, it'll create more opportunities for creators um, and people who want to build the next great social networks as well. I'm really excited to see what happens there. I started on BitClout very, very early, probably, you know, the first few days in. And it was fascinating seeing every day there was a new batch of celebrities signing up. And because it was a small network, it was easy to actually get their attention and have a conversation, gain followers. Um, and the very unique way of monetizing yourself and like investing in yourself, like it really taught you to not just be a creator for fun, but to acknowledge your own self-worth through that system. That type of gamification of the platform is something we really haven't seen duplicated. Um, but then it just became this giant uh, like marketplace for NFTs as that's all anyone was posting in the bull run. So I kind of drifted away. I think others did too, but uh, our good buddy Cassius Cuve. Uh, told me like, no, like DSO's like come back to live. Like, like that's the place you got to be. Like get back on BitClout. So I did, and it's a great experience over there. Uh, the NFTs have calmed down a lot. There's new features. But what really blew me away is BitCloud is not just a standalone thing. There's like 30 other things that are built on DSO now. 
Walk us down there. What else is built on there besides just uh, quote unquote decentralized Twitter? Yeah, I mean, I think the one that people can understand is the decentralized Twitter and we have different versions of it really. So we have Diamond app um, and we have DeSocial World. DeSocial World basically is bringing decentralized social media to mul multiple different languages um, across different countries, you know, because decentralizing social media is important um, everywhere. It's not just like a US problem or anything like that. Um, we have like a Web3 version of Medium um, called uh, basically so you can get uh, you can blog and um, get paid directly um, and people can like pay you um, in little amounts every single day. So it's like if you want to like commit to a blogger, um, you can pay him 25 cents a day, a dollar a day, something like that. Um, we have DowDow, which we're actually rebranding to Open Fund, and essentially that's like a fundraising platform. Um, so anybody can like fundraise for their next big idea in crypto or, or anything else in the startup world, in the tech world. And it allows a very low friction way to basically test to see if your ideas are, um, you know, worth, you know, scaling or anything like that. So if you put an idea out there um, and it gets, you know, an initial great round of funding, then, you know, you, you might have like a good idea. If it doesn't have uh, a lot of good funding up front, then you can refund all your, you know, backers and everything and move on to the next idea. You know, obviously we have like NFT platforms as well um, with on-chain royalties. Um, so yeah, I mean, like those are some of like the earliest use cases on DSO right now. Um, I think like in the future, like when people understand what you can build on DSO, you can build anything in web two on DSO. So any sort of marketplaces or anything like that, uh, because it's, um, it's built to scale these decentralized social platforms. It's an infinite state blockchain versus a finite state blockchain. Hey guys, TiVo here to tell you about the Ufi Video Lock, a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell all in one. That's right, three in one for triple the security. It's easy to install. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. It gives you keyless entry, so no more fumbling your keys when you have your hands full coming back from the grocery store. No more worry about the kids losing a house key. No more worry about a guest losing the house key or forgetting the passcode on your door. And for Airbnbers, it's a no-brainer as you can change the passcode at will between renters. It has available fingerprint recognition and it has AI self-learning chips. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You will have no anxiety with the battery charging. It is a rechargeable battery and it lasts around four months, but don't worry when it's low, it'll give you plenty of weeks notice. And also it always comes with a physical key as a backup. There's no monthly fee, unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee to get your backup recordings. They're always recorded locally and you will always have access. Customer support for the Ufi Video Lock is 24 seven. So you don't have to worry about any issues you have and it comes with an 18 month warranty. What I love about this product, it is a truly all-in-one with the three-in-one. You don't have to go out and buy multiple parts. It's all in this package with the Eufy Video Lock. So if you're interested in learning more, go on Amazon and search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock. Again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock. Get complete control over your front door. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. 
Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And it looks like other people have been doing that. There's uh, decentralized Pinterest, Instagram, TikTok, Spotify, Zoom, and the, yeah. the list just goes on and on and on. Why is it important that so many of these things become decentralized as opposed to just a well-functioning uh, Web2 company? Yeah. So, why aren't things just fine the way they are? Yeah, that's a really good point. And for you to understand like why they need to be decentralized right now is basically understanding how like traditional social media platforms are built right now. They're optimized for advertising revenue. So you build a platform, you bring users onto the platform. We as creators or everyday users go to the platform for all sorts of different reasons. So it could be to stay connected with family. It could be that I want to build an audience and launch a podcast to create opportunities, to create advertising revenue. Um, it could be like, you know, you're just a lurker who likes, you know, watching what other people do um, and liking stuff and keeping up with the news. There's all sorts of different reasons. But at the end of the day, these platforms weren't designed to reward us. They were designed for advertising revenue. They were designed for investors and, and you know, the board and the stakeholders to make money. So it's like anything that disrupts that advertising revenue um, is going to be, you know, banned or removed. Okay. So essentially like that's not good or bad. That's just how things work in, in our society today. And they have every right to do that. Um, but what that does is it stifles innovation and competition. So we've been stuck in the same type of social media for the last 20 years where creators get the short end of the stick and users get the short end of the stick. And there's a lot of friction to earn and monetize your audience. Um, so what decentralized social media does is it basically um, opens up a social network um, and makes the data completely open source on chain um, where anybody can build on top of and it removes a centralized intermediate intermediary so what what we have right now in social media is like um we have um, an ecosystem of click peddling you need to generate clicks um to get an audience to one day monetize but if that model changed where it was just a creator 
led and user owned, it would change the way we think about content creation. Like essentially like what social media platforms are doing today is they're essentially telling us how to think because they're saying we have one feed. Um, it's from a Silicon uh, Valley mind mindset. So it's like, we're going to moderate this feed according to how we think in Silicon Valley and how our board members think, which okay. is terrifying if it happens to be Sam Altman's mind. Yeah, exactly. So you kind of, you kind of understand where we're going with that. So, um, we don't have a lot of diversity in the content and they're, and, and yeah, they need to censor sh stuff and like, you know, hate speech is bad. I'm not talking about all that stuff. Like we don't need that stuff, but I'm talking about bringing innovation back because creators are essentially making content to not get deplatformed, right? So you're essentially creating content that um, is censorship and telling you how to think, which caps the innovation there. Um, additionally, like I can't really like pay users directly. Um, there's like some half, um, there's just not very good effort from the social media platforms. There's no incentive for them to pay you for your podcast, right? You got to build the audience and network to go get your money anyways, but why can't they just pay you, right? Like directly. I mean, you're putting in the work. Um, they're, they're making a lot of money off of you, you know, when you're posting on these other platforms and they're making a lot of advertising revenue, but, but we don't get any of it. So like what, that's why it's important for, decentralized social platforms. That's why it's important to have a decentralized Instagram, decentralized TikTok, and all these other like apps, because it puts the power back into the creators and the users of the platforms and allows smart builders to come on the platforms and build these killer apps that innovate um, instead of keep us stuck in this loop. So what's on your roadmap for building in 2023? What can you share with us? Yeah, so... Um, let me pull this up real quick. We have a lot actually. So um, our goal is to become the social layer of, of Web3. And essentially what that means is like right now, uh, you know, we have like this financial layer. I, I argue that Bitcoin and Ethereum already decentralized finance. There's no going back to the other way. We're in this like transitionary phase and basically they've done a fantastic job of decentralizing finance, right? But these blockchains that are what we call general purpose or finite state, um, they can only store certain pieces of data on, on, on chain and they only need to store certain pieces of data on chain. So if I'm on the Bitcoin network and I send you Bitcoin, basically we need a starting balance and an ending balance and that's it. But if we wanna scale decentralized social media applications, you need to store a lot more data. So the social layer of Web3 is essentially a layer that goes on top of Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these other general purpose blockchains um, and acts as the social layer. So it's like Solana, Bitcoin, Ethereum, any other layer one can do their own thing financially, but they just, you know, we'll handle the social stuff and we're building towards an interoperable future. So um, what we've shipped, like we've shipped a lot, but unfortunately, like, some of our roadmap got uh, rearranged due to obvious reasons with FTX and SBF and stuff like that. And um, so we're holding out until, you know, January to start shipping stuff, but you can um, look forward to an exchange listing blitz. Like, believe it or not, DSO is only on a few exchanges. It's Coinbase and like three or four other exchanges. So um, that's going to expand, um, you know, DSO's presence. And what about like uh, decentralized 
verification system. Like right now you have Elon charging you, what is it, 11 bucks now to uh, get a verification or a check mark. Um, what if you decentralize that and allowed like verified community members who um, are dedicated to the network give out verifications? So that's something that we're working on right now is a decentralized verification system. Um, we're relaunching deso.com as well. Like we have this deso.com, but like we hired this like amazing, amazing web, you know, like web studio um, to make this new website. And if you want like a sneak peek of what it could look like, Dragonfly Capital is like a really good one um, to go look at. We're going to launch a few uh, hackathons. We have an Ivy League hackathon coming up. I can't tell you where it's going to be, uh, but we have that hackathon and we have another hackathon and it's all going to be done through Open Fund, which is the decentralized fundraising platform. Um, we're going to um, integrate with, um, I can't tell you who, but uh, NFT platform to become their on-chain messaging like there's no like social features on some of these nft platforms so um we're making a pitch and we're working with a few so we can um, offer them end-to-end -end encrypted chats and comments and stuff like that so that's coming down the pipeline creator coins uh i know you remember creator save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app get three pound rolls of juicy 80 percent lean ground beef for 349 a pound with a digital coupon then get select varieties of flavorful powerade body armor super drink or arizona tea for 77 cents each all with your card shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone prices and product availability subject to change restrictions apply see site for details Creator coins because you were on BitClout, you know. Um, we're gonna release a Creator Coin V2. I don't have any details about it just yet, but we're gonna expand upon that. And that's one of the biggest questions that we get asked all the time is like, what's going on with Creator Coins? How can you improve them? What changes can you make? Um, so there's a V2 coming. And then uh, last but not least, we'll have a few surprises along the way. Um, we are gonna move to proof of stake. We are like a proof of work blockchain right now. We're going to move to proof of stake. So um, it's going to be more energy efficient. And um, yeah. Wow. That is a lot going on over there. Yeah. yeah big time. Yeah. So wow. we've, we've maintained a reputation of uh, shipping a lot and shipping it very quickly. So like when, when things get started, it happens really, really fast. But um, to end the year, we've just been shoring up um, a lot of our foundational stuff and prepping for the new year for the big blitz to start the year. So how has Elon Musk taking over Twitter affected you guys? I know the pretty much the whole world is watching his every move, whether it's antics or carefully thought out changes on his part. I know when he first took over, he and Jack Dorsey, you know, released messages of them discussing making a decentralized version of Twitter. How, what are your thoughts on all of the things that are happening over there? Man, there's a lot to unpack there, actually. So um, there's like um, a pessimistic view of it. You can be like, oh, you know, Twitter is going to just smoke us and all other social platforms. So we're screwed, which I don't believe that. Um, there, there's an optimistic view, which is like competition is good. Um, and there's another optimistic view, which is basically like everything that um, Elon does right now 
is basically like we're becoming anti-fragile to like everything, all the shenanigans that's that, that's like happening. Um, and it seems like he's not focused on any sort of blockchain stuff, right? So initially he like started, you know, posting that he might integrate Doge and, and there was like leaks about like a blockchain based Twitter, but he came to the conclusion it's just not possible. So he's going to give up on that, right? So with Elon right now, it's like um, he's dedicated, he's 100% focused on making, um, you know, Twitter profitable, right? Through the, ad, the, the advertising model, right? We're not doing the advertising model, we're doing the blockchain business model. Um, and he's like billions of dollars in the hole. And like, I just want to say, like, I'm a fan of Elon. Like, I hope he, like, wins here. Um, I don't know what he's doing right now. Some of it's, like, very confusing. Um, but I do very much believe in freedom of speech. So if, if he can pull this off, and um, then all, all power to him. I think that's fantastic. But um, it definitely affects us in a way because, like, uh, Twitter, you know, network effects are so strong. And it's very hard to get users off of traditional social media platforms because, they're habit forming, you know, some people have been on there for 10, 20 years at this point posting regularly. So this could theoretically make it harder to get users off of Twitter to DSO. Um, but then there's a flip side to it. So it's like, not everybody's going to like what Elon is doing, you know, uh, not everybody likes Elon. Um, some people are sick and tired of traditional social media. They want to own their content. Like they own their Bitcoin. They want they like believe in blockchain, they're Bitcoin and Ethereum fans, and they want to try something else. Uh, you know, Web2 social media has been around for 20 years and maybe now it's time for a change. So some of the stuff that he does will naturally lead people to the thought that, hey, man, maybe we need decentralized social media. Um, I want to try, you know, DSO blockchain. I want to try Lens. I want to try Polygon. I want to try Farcaster. I want to try these other social networks because what Elon is doing is giving me anxiety. It's like, because it looks like he's like engineering or I don't know if it's deliberate or not, but it's like every week there's some crazy news story on Elon about like, you know, banning, you know, rival social media accounts or not being CEO. There's just like a car crash on Twitter every week. Um, and it's like very distracting uh, a lot of the time. And there's people who just don't like a lot and they never will. So they're looking for a change. So I think um, it definitely helps us. And I think like the founder um, and our team has positioned us to be anti-fragile to whatever happens on Twitter. That's good. You know, I, I really think back in, you know, my social media history, I miss MySpace because I had all my friends growing up there and I had my blogs where I've done my best writing or when, you know, I was younger. And I wish I could go back and get that, but I can't. And I've lost most of those connections in, you know, that inevitable transition over to Facebook. And then I rage quit Facebook for all the bullshit they do. And yeah. now I've lost all those connections there. But what Web3 is promising is these decentralized profiles where your profile itself is a module that plugs into any other social network. So anyone who follows me will follow me forever, no matter where I happen to go. So I can rage quit or join whatever I want, but my followers will always be there with me as well as my identity, my, my online handle, my photos, hopefully my blogs as well, depending on what it is. 
What's DSO's approach to digital identity in this fashion? Yeah, so essentially you have one digital identity for all your apps. So when you sign up to DSO, um, whether it's through Google, MetaMask, or a seed phrase, um, your identity goes from app to app. So there's this idea of a portable audience. So like imagine if you had 100,000 followers on Twitter and then you wanted to go and take your 100,000 followers to YouTube because you want to make video content. That's not possible because uh, social media, you know, platforms, they don't allow that. They don't want that. It creates competition. So you have to start from scratch. It's a cold start problem. You have to start from scratch as a developer who wants to build an app. You have to start scratch from scratch as a creator who wants to build an audience. So like imagine, if you will, that DSO one day has, you know, a million daily active users and you've built, you know, 100,000 followers or 50,000 followers on the platform, and you have been posting on Diamond, the decentralized, you know, blockchain-based Twitter, and you're like, hey, man, I think I got a face for video. Why don't we go to the decentralized TikTok and start posting there and seeing if I can start, you know, creating different content to monetize it. And again, like, you can get tipped directly on Diamond and all these apps. There's no central intermediary. So it's like, if you're getting, if you're posting on Diamond or if you post on Pearl, which is our decentralized Instagram, it'll automatically post on Diamond and your audience can see what, what you're doing on both platforms. So uh, one audience for one identity, um, which becomes one login for everything. Essentially, like that's what Google has right now, but with, you know, questionable tactics. <laughs> questionable for sure. Um, what does the role of the DSO token do in this ecosystem? Yeah, so the role of the DSO token is essentially like um, everything is settled in DSO, right? So all the transactions um, that go on the blockchain are, are settled in DSO. And, and that's like, it's, it's the native currency of the DSO blockchain and all the apps. So if you build an app on DSO, essentially when you post people can tip you on with diamonds on diamond app and then you can cash it out on a DSO or usdc or whatever else but um all the transactions which only cost one ten thousandth of a cent on DSO um to post content um are are settled through through the DSO token and i really loved how when i first signed up i didn't have any DSO, but i was able just to go claim some and the founders will send you just a little bit or the smart contract, whatever. So you can at least get started and make you know, your first several posts before you have to actually go get some tokens yourself. So that was a really smart way to, you know, at least get people involved at first. Yeah. Um, another cool feature that was just rolled out on Diamond is the Twitter sync. Um, it just takes like a few minutes, like two minutes or less, and you can sync your Twitter with Diamond and then you can just cross post and start experimenting on DSO with, with very minimal friction. It's like um, a lot of content creators, there's a lot of friction because you have to like repurpose the content for every single app. But um, you can sync your Twitter and whatever you post on Twitter goes on Diamond. And then you can just kind of like test and, and run experiments um, to see what content works and doesn't work. Nice. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, walk us through the different phases that you guys are going to be rolling stuff out in. You've got the social layer of Web3, then you've got the Internet of DSO, and then phase three is the revolution, which sounds like my favorite. Yeah. Where are we at today? And, you know, what do we expect in these next things? 
So uh, the social layer of Web3, which is the first phase on the roadmap, um, that's like setting up for um, you know becoming the social layer of Web3 and getting the revolution. We've essentially shipped just about everything on the roadmap besides Megaswap. And Megaswap is like instantaneous cross-chain swaps between any blockchain ecosystem. Um, so it makes it easy for developers to build decentralized social apps and get users from Ethereum to DSO and get liquidity from Ethereum to DSO. Um, so that's the one thing that we haven't shipped yet. So we're basically laying the foundations um, to becoming the social layer of Web3. And we kind of announced this um, to like a lot of success and excitement actually before we ran into FTX and SBF, we had a lot of momentum going with just this first part. They just um, kind of stole all the headlines from everyone. Yeah, he sucked the air out of the room, didn't he? So, um, and then you have the internet at DSO and it's like um, giving you like all these like different tools to kind of like, you know, scale different things. The way I kind of like think about the internet at DSO is um, almost like, you know, Google, like drive tools, like, you know, you have, con you know, Google docs, you have Google drive, you have Google sheets and stuff like that. Um, these are like, these are like tools that are going to expand, um, and make DSO like kind of like its own layer of blockchain, which is why we call it like the internet of DSO, because it's like an internet on top of like other blockchains in a sense. Um, so that's where associations come into play, uh, private on-chain encrypted, uh, you know, content, um, the decentralized web and DSO vaults. And then revolution is essentially like, when we got to this point, we've like started a trend, like we've changed people's mindsets and thought process, which like, if you listen to other podcasts and you see different tweets, it's like people are almost tweeting about DSO. They're like getting in the thought of like, hey, I should own my content like I own my Bitcoin. Hey, we should decentralize social media. But it's not fully like accepted. Um, it, it's not, there's no mass adoption there. So like once we get to the revolution point, like our thinking is like, we have everything that we need um, tech, tech wise for the blockchain to start a revolution towards decentralized social media. And that's like the way to think it is like, we're sparking that thought to get the masses to decentralize social media. How do we do that and get people off of centralized social media? Cause it's one thing to get people to sign up. It's another thing to get them to actually leave where they're going every day and continuing to participate on these new networks. Dude, it's a tough one, man. These network effects yeah. are it's it's very very powerful and um challenging so i think the biggest things like you mentioned like in the crypto cycles there there weren't many marketers and stuff like that um you you've been around for a while so you noticed the cycles you know the the ux was bad in 2017 it's almost as bad as 2017 you know i mean it's getting yeah. better these product people getting involved but it's still very i mean we're still reliant we're still building everything on top of metamask for christ's sakes which is like the yeah. worst user experience ever even yeah. though they're twice as good now as they were in 2017. yeah dude i remember metamask in 2017 i was i think i was trying to buy like 
uh, what's that Dapper Labs project, Crypto Kitties or whatever. I was like so yeah. confused trying to do that back then. With, it's with the that. worst. Like, what is this, you know? So right now the blockchain ecosystems are so fragmented and it like incentivizes tribalism. You know, it's like, because it's so hard to go from Ethereum to Bitcoin to DSO to Solana, it's like people aren't incentivized to move, right? Because if they move, they're gonna lose money. Um, they could get confused. They could, you know, lose wallet access. Like there's all these like frictions and fears in the UX. And I think that's like the primary um, opportunity to get people off of these other platforms is like, whatever you want to say about Twitter and, and, and like Instagram or Facebook, they're smooth experiences. You know, it's like they've taken all the friction out of like creating content, right? It's like Twitter is like a, a UI for your, your, your thought process, right? It's like people are so used to like having a thought and like tweeting it out in like five seconds. But right now in the blockchain industry and in Web3, it's like you got to log into your MetaMask. Some of it's not mobile optimized. Like what if, you know, you logged in with a different account? Maybe you logged in with MetaMask for this account and then your private keys with another account. Do I have to copy and paste my private keys and then put it in? Um, no, I shouldn't store my private keys in my Google Docs because it's going to get stolen, no you know? Um, you and can't then, memorize it. No, you can't. And then uh, for decentralized social apps, they won't um, approve them on iOS if they have money, money native features. So we have like a, a version of Diamond called Decify. It's a mobile app, but you can't pay or tip people on Diamonds. You can only post. Um, so there's another level of friction right there. There's still like, you know, we've had, you know, animosity um, from big tech since the beginning. And we have, you know, still more animosity from the biggest one, Apple, who, who they don't want crypto on their app store. There's the whole reason that Ethereum was made in the first place exactly. because of their bullshit. So, yeah, I mean, until we really get away from the Apple app store, I think there's going to be a lot of stifled innovation and just complexity. It'd be nice to see things that were made mobile first, but yeah. I mean, uh, Apple makes it absolutely nearly impossible for the average user to install something that isn't from the app store. So yeah, what do you do? Do you just have uh, mobile first websites that anyone can go to? I don't know what the answer is, but it's certainly not I MetaMask. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, MetaMask, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, MetaMask has brought users into the ecosystem. And the thing is like, the other bring thing crypto native users, but I guarantee you my grandma who's just basically found out about Facebook two years ago is yeah. not going to figure out what browser extensions are. No, your Forget grandma, it. she's not going to care about decentralizing social media. You know, no. she doesn't care about that. But, that stuff. but that's what the age of like 40% of the world is at this point, if not more, right? Their grandmas yeah, and exactly. they, they like their Facebook. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe we can get someone to, to sign up, you know, using their Facebook login or Google login like you guys have over at DSO so they don't have to worry about this stuff. I think it's a good intermediate step, but I don't know what the long-term solution is until you can just simply, you know, touch the, the thumbprint scanner on your iPhone and then it logs you into everything. Yeah, yeah. And it seemed like we're pretty far away from that, you know, considering. Yeah. Um, and there's more product people and ux people in crypto right now but i don't think there's as many as we would like 
because you know you know how a bear market goes when a bear market hits they all scatter so um yeah i guess we'll see what happens in the future but uh for now what are you excited about in 2023 outside of DSO? what other things have caught your eye and interest um the thing that's like really caught my eye and interest um in blockchain is like the interoperability it seems like all these chains are like open to working with each other and establishing partnerships i think polygon is like the gold standard of that um and they're not only establishing partnerships in in the blockchain ecosystem they're going to big brands like starbucks um to use their technology and i think that just like positions blockchain um really you know powerfully in the future um from a technological standpoint because it's going to bring you know marketers product people um ux people developers into the ecosystem so and, and that's going to lower the friction that we were just kind of talking about and um you know the uphill battle that your grandma might have using some of these apps is there you know like you said it's it's very tech and engineering heavy and we need like fresh mindsets to like break down those barriers and those ux barriers to lead to mass adoption now i don't think we're there like um, during this last cycle, we had some institutions dipping their toe in. Um, I don't think they like went all in, at least like, you know, the traditional bankers didn't. I think in 2023, we're starting to position ourselves for, um, you know, big brands entering the ecosystem and mass adoption happening that way. Um, a lot of them will experiment and maybe just like give up on it. But um, there's going to be some that have staying power. And I hope Starbucks does because it's like, that would be cool that, you know, everyday users who go to Starbucks interact with Polygon through like their rewards program. Um, and that's how we get to mass adoption is you need to be using blockchain without knowing that you're using a blockchain. And right now we know we're using a blockchain with MetaMask um, and some of these other apps and, and even DSO in some respects too, is like, you, you know, you're using a blockchain Solana, you know, you're using a blockchain same with Ethereum. Like, once we get past that point, then, you know, really, really good things will happen and it'll happen fast. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Well, Ash has been an awesome conversation. One more question before we let you go. Yeah. If someone was listening to this podcast for the very first time, trying to get into the crypto space and maximize their opportunities as we get into this next bull run, whenever it may come, what are some words of wisdom that you'd want to share with them? I would say go very slowly and, um, you know, spend a lot of time researching um, and like simplify your thesis. Um, there's a lot of projects that, you know, promise multiple different things, uh, but make sure you pay close attention to the tech and the developer activity um, and the founders backing it to, you know, discover like what the best projects are. So I would say like, first and foremost, take it slow, simplify, um and look at metrics like developer activity founder activity and experiment with the tech um, before diving in head first great advice all right ash where can we follow you and deso to get uh, more updates where should we go yeah you can follow deso at deso protocol on twitter you can go to deso.com if you want to claim your username right now and log into diamond as well and you can find me on twitter at invest in digital um but yeah go check out deso protocol and deso.com and claim your profile 
All right, certainly will do. Well, I've already done it, but everyone else over there, I encourage you to do that as well. Add me at Pizza Mind on uh, BitClout or Diamond as it's called now. Um, and I'll see you over there. But until then, uh, that's all for today here at the Crypto 101 podcast. We'll be back later this week with another great episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.